Breaking news, brah. What? Trump tells NASA to send astronauts to Mars. Yep. And we're going back to the moon. Here we go. Let's go. Go to the moon. Larry, where were you? We, we waited and we waited. We waited and waited. <laughs> Probably one of the funniest Far Side cartoons ever. <clears throat> Let's visit the Destroyed Academy, but you don't have to play the thing. You sure? Yeah. I got it right. No. Okay. This is further proof that the word race, racism, and racist no longer means anything. It's been destroyed by the left, the very people who would have, who would have hoped to have made hay with it in some, some way, right? Oberlin College, terribly, uh, terribly lefty place. Students at Oberlin College uh, have long enjoyed pastries, bagels, and chocolates from Gibson's Bakery. Sounds good. A century-old, you know what I had the other night? Tell me. I, that I've never tasted before in my life. I just tasted it. I didn't have the whole thing because I found it hedonistic. What? Cherry's Jubilee. Oh, please. Holy mackerel. Yes. Fantastic. Holy. Why did you only, you just did a little sample? Because it goes against my nature to uh, have dessert. Yeah. Although I have been sampling it more and more. Yes. Boy, was that good. Cherry's Jubilee. It's fantastic. That's it? That was my update. Okay. I, I would not have guessed that. In a million years, no. I would not as, as... And Bananas Foster. Love Bananas Foster. I don't have it very often. I think I know where you had it. There was a little the celebration there. At the restaurant. Uh, Kid I used to have uh, got a nice degree, an advanced degree. Congratulations. And there was a bit of a celebration, and these kinds of foods were presented. Uh-huh. And I thought, you know, I, I think I'm going to take a stab at some yeah, of this. Yeah, You can't go wrong with Cherry's Jubilee. Plus, it's made right there, and the flames. Flames up. You got the whole thing, thing going. Yeah, the lady. So, um, Students at Oberlin College have long enjoyed pastries, bagels, and chocolates from Gibson's Bakery, a century-old family-owned business. Near campus. That sweet relationship has turned bitter and hotly disputed accusations of racism, roiling a school in town long known for their liberal politics. Quick look up, uh, Oberlin, please. I think it's in Ohio. I will do that. The dispute began in November of 2016, a year ago, with the arrest of three black Oberlin students who tried stealing wine from Gibson's. It's now a lawsuit in which the exasperated bakery owners accuse the college and a top dean of slandering Gibsons as a racist establishment and taking steps to destroy the family's livelihood. What have you found? Oberlin, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Uh, The northern part of the state. The three students arrested at Gibsons pleaded. Now pay attention. Mm -hmm. They pleaded guilty. In August, to attempted theft and aggravated trespassing and said in statements required by a plea agreement that their actions were wrong and that the store was not racist. The black kids are saying this. Yes, we took the wine. We're wrong. You're not racist. Right. Even so, students continue to boycott Gibsons over perceived racial profiling, causing business to suffer. Pressed by a reporter to provide evidence or examples of profiling, they said only that when black students enter the store, they feel as though they're being watched. B as in B, S as in S. The clashes inspired Oberlin senior Jake 
Burstein, who said he witnessed the initial altercation, to produce a podcast trying to create a conversation that isn't being had between the two sides. Gibson's has become all that is wrong with America, Burstein said. It's a classic case of those political bubbles that don't communicate with each other and don't want to. Caught in the middle are longtime residents of this town of 8,300 people, many of whom identify themselves as liberals but who have patronized Gibson's for decades. Many believed the timing was right for the conflict to boil over. The arrest came the day after Trump won the presidential election, electrifying students who had long heard suspicions of racial profiling at Gibson's. I can I can understand why people are looking for some outlet for their frustration, but it's just counterproductive to bend that anger toward a small family business that, to my knowledge, is not guilty of the sort of racial profiling that people accuse it of, said retired Oberlin professor Roger Copeland. Mm. The three students were arrested after punching and kicking the white shopkeeper. <sighs> All right. The 18- and 19-year-old students said that they were racially profiled and that their only crime was trying to buy alcohol with fake ID. The shopkeeper, Alan Gibson, said the students attacked him after he caught them trying to steal bottles of wine. Okay, so they were wrong there. And he was like, hey. The day after the arrest, hundreds of students protested outside the bakery. Members of Oberlin Student Senate published a resolution saying Gibson's had a history of racial profiling and discriminatory treatment. Mm -hmm. Apparently, they have not had that history. So they just completely made it up to make their story sound a little bit better. There have been protests in favor of the bakery. In November, patrons had a rally outside the store in a show of support. We think it's important to be law-abiding. That's important to us, Kristen Penton Hill, a local business owner, told the Chronicle newspaper in November. She said that she is a member of Totally Engaged Americans, and the group supports a free market. She spoke out against what she sees as the college attempting to bully a small business. God, these people are pathetic. A few colleges put the liberal into liberal arts more than Oberlin, which in the early 1800s became the first in the country to regularly admit women and minorities. Well, that that was big of them. But it also more recently has become, for conservatives, a symbol of political correctness gone awry and entitled youth. News articles in 2015 quoted students decrying the school dining hall's sushi and Vietnam, Vietnamese banh mi sandwiches as cultural appropriation. Uh-huh. Well, then don't eat them, you spoiled little right. word I can't say. When I almost did. Don't say it. I got my dump button ready. The divisive voice of a generation actress, Lena Dunham. Who's that fruit? Is she that? I know who she is. Famously, she's the one that's on that show, Girls, that everybody... Famously, she's a 2008 Oberlin alumna. She was quoted in Food and Wine magazine as saying, the press reported it as, how crazy are Oberlin kids? But to me, it was actually, right on. Right on, right on, right on. <laughs> Is that Girls? That, Remember that... when that was a phrase? Right on, right on, right on. Right on, right on brother. With Oberlin's reputation preceding it and news of the Gibson protest spreading online, bikers and out of out-of-town counter-protesters soon converge on the town to jeer students and buy donuts from Gibson's. Conservatives derided the students on social media as coddled snowflakes with a mob mentality, which is what they are. Uh, 
while students attack the store as a symbol of systemic racism, the word no longer meaning anything. Three black kids uh, were caught. Going to this establishment. They pleaded guilty. As part of the plea agreement, they said, I would imagine not under duress, that over uh, that the Gibson's Bakery was not a racist institution. Mm-hmm. That didn't stop the rest of these knuckleheads from trying to ruin the ma and pa business. But aren't they inclusive and respectful, these people? Uh, Copeland, the retired prof, and other residents say the accusations of racism are unfounded. Unfounded. I've never seen evidence. It's always hearsay, Copeland said. When your fellow student is shutting down a conversation because he or she is made uncomfortable, it leads to a hive mentality. Well, see, to be safe, they have to be right. Right. And they're wrong. So when they're when they're seen to be wrong, all they do is lash out foolishly, like five-year-olds. Grasping at straws. Uh, on November 7, the Gibsons sued Oberlin and Meredith Raimondo, a vice president and dean of students, for slander, accusing faculty members of encouraging demonstrations against the bakery by suspending classes, distributing flyers, and supplying protesters with free food and drink. Oh, man. So the school hierarchy is party to to this. Uh, Dave Gibson, the bakery's owner, said, sounds like a good bakery, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I like a bakery where you can get wine. I'm not a wine guy, but that tells me it's really full service. Uh, Dave Gibson, the bakery's owner, says the lawsuit is standing up for uh, for his right to crack down on shoplifting without being branded as a racist. In other words, he cracked down on shoplifting by three black kids, and that makes him racist. Which leads us back to the contention that uh, Nakima Levy-Pounds could not be given a parking ticket without accusing the uh, officer of racism. Right. Because the word doesn't mean anything anymore. Three black kids come into your store and they're caught stealing wine and you nail them on it. That isn't racism. That's three human beings committing a crime. Right. That's not racism. Stealing from your establishment. That's not racism. Uh, I haven't even had a paycheck since this happened more than a year ago, Gibson said. Sometimes you have to stand up to large institutions, powerful institutions, including Oberlin, and their members must follow the same laws as the rest of us. Right. But they don't think they have to. Because the academy is ruined, and it is ruining people. It's frustrating. Gibson Gibson's loses thousands of dollars to theft, the lawsuit said. It rejects any accusations of racial bias, pointing to police figures in the past five years that show only six out of 40 adults arrested for shoplifting at the bakery were black. The school said in a statement after the lawsuit was filed that it and Raimondo deny Gibson's claims and that the college has stopped buying the bakery's goods, ending what had been a decade-long relationship. Raimondo did not respond to an email seeking comment. So those three knuckleheads Who in the hell would spend the money to send their kid to Oberlin? To send their kid to Oberlin. It's just mind-boggling to me. Or to send your kid to many of these places. Frequent emailer uh, Tom Wilson writes, I am attempting a link to say Gibson's is racist because they don't let black kids steal stuff and beat up shopkeepers is like education consultants who say that it is racist to accept 
to expect black students to behave in school. Uh, he has made a successful link. What's this, Reeves? Um, <clears throat> I believe Rick would like the opportunity to redeem himself. Rick? Uh, good afternoon, Joe. How are you? Fine. I placed a telephone call last week, and I had a, uh, a joke to tell. But uh, it, uh, I don't think it, it came across quite well. That was met with um, it was met with silence. So what you uh, want to do? It, that was the amputee joke where uh, uh, Rick he wanted to get a leg up. I yep. do re I do recall that. I, 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 I'd like to, if at all, uh, at your beck and call. Where here, are you calling from? I am from uh, Holland in Texas. Are you, on, are you listening online to us? Uh, yes, sir. How did you discover us? Um, I am from, uh, originally, I'm from Austin. From what? Austin. Austin. Austin, Texas. And uh, well, but How did you discover us? I met my wife. My wife is from the cities. I see. The Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul. I see. And uh, uh, so I, I spent quite a bit of time up there, and their family, uh, their, their big uh, um, garage logicians. Wonderful. And uh, th th this is why... I, or the reason, in part, I'm calling is I have my last joke there. I, I, that's been that really that joke's been in my family quite some time. It always gets a chuckle. Well, it fell flat but with it us. It fell flat, so possibly I could um, I could maybe redeem myself um, with another joke if you'll uh, oblige me. All right. All right. An old woman prospector. A what? An old woman prospector shuffled into town, leading an old tired mule. Now, the old woman, she headed straight for the only saloon to clear her parched throat. She was dry. She was quite dry. Thirsty. Yes, sir. And she walked up and tied her old mule to the hitch rail. And she stood there brushing some of the dust from her face. Right. And a clothes, a young hotshot gunslinger stepped out of the saloon with a gun in one hand and a bottle of whiskey in the other. Uh-oh. Now, the young gunslinger looked at the old woman and laughed, saying, Hey, old woman, have you ever danced? The old woman looked up at the gunslinger and said, No, I never did dance. Never really wanted to. A crowd had gathered at this time as the gunslinger grinned and said, Well, yo, bag, you're going to dance now. Is this is this happening in current time, or was this in the old days? Uh, we're going old west, uh, because uh, this is a you know, saloon. You can picture the, the piano playing. Uh, you got, uh, you got, you've got the garter belt, and you've got the, uh, the hussies. You got the hussies; they're all bailing up to the bars. Yep. These gentlemen are playing cards. Right. And uh, high, the saloon—it's got two shutters. Yep. And it's just two of those high shutters that you walk you right through. Push through. And yep. dust everywhere. Swinging no, doors. It's just nothing. That's, it's like a, 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 a an Harlingen windstorm. There's dust everywhere. A Harlingen windstorm. Yeah, they when those are tough. You get those. Uh, what are those things that call the the tumbleweed? Yep. The tumbleweed going across this right going right down across the street. Right. And it's tumbling. So the the young cowboy comes out. Yeah, where was I? Oh, that's right. He says, uh, "Well, y'all bag, y'all gonna dance now." That I, wasn't very kind of him to call. No, her no, this is a he. He's not nice. Uh -huh. uh, the old woman prospector, not wanting to get her toe blown off, she started hopping around. Everybody's laughing well, wait a minute. the storm. I, I think you missed a part there. <laughs> well, how, how did I, what did I, what did I Well, all of a sudden you got her dancing. Yeah, he said, "Well, y'all bag, you're gonna dance now." He there you go. At her feet. He shot at her he feet. He shot at her feet. Uh -huh. uh, she's dancing now. Uh, she didn't want to get her toe blown up. Everybody's laughing around, having a good hell of a time. And when his last bullet had been fired, the young gunslinger still laughing, holstered his gun, and turned around to go back in the saloon. 
Okay. Or the old one. She returned to her mule, her pack mule. She pulled out a double-barrel shotgun. Oh, boy. And she cocked both the hammers on that thing. The loud clicks carried clearly through the desert air. Everybody stopped laughing at that point. I'll tell you right now. I would. Young gunslinger hears the sounds, too, and he turned out very slowly. The silence, deafening. The crowd watched as the young gunman stared at the old woman and the large gaping holes of those twin barrels. The barrels of the shotgun never wavered in that old lady's hands, and she quietly said, Son, have you ever kissed a mule's ass? The gunslinger swallowed hard and said, No, ma'am, but I've always wanted to. Well, again. Damn. Again. Uh, Damn. again? Again, uh, uh, you want me to repeat it again? No, the joke? no, no. Is no, that is that it? But the, I've always wanted to. Is that the punchline? Yes, sir. It is. Was this a long-standing joke in your family as well? Well, I tried this one online. I, my family hasn't heard it yet. But I thought I thought it was funny. Don't you get the the point about him not uh, kissing her the, the, the mule? Well, the, I, the I, ass? I get that part. But did she shoot him? I don't know. Is there more? I don't think there's more to the joke. All right, yeah. So he shoots at her feet. He, she shoots at his feet and oh, breaks yeah. his toe. And the toe, so it, it, his, his toe is hurt. And he cut off his toe. And they didn't have phones back then, but they had to do that SOS thing. Yeah. What do you call that thing? The um, telegraph. telegraph. They had to telegraph. Uh, the tow company that needed the tow truck. There we go. That's what I'm looking for right there. They had to call a tow truck. Rick from Harlingen, Texas. Uh, uh, Harlingen, Texas. Did, did uh, how about the, was it the tow truck better? No, I. Yeah, I thought, I'm not sure. I there's, thought for sure. I thought this one was. I'm not sure you've I saved yourself. I thought this yourself. was gravy. This is gravy. No. You know, what was your wife's name here in the Twin Cities? Estelle. No, I meant. That's her name everywhere. No, no. Not only in Twin Cities. Everybody calls her Estelle, no matter what state she goes to. No, I meant her last name. Smith. Estelle Smith. Estelle Smith. I don't care to give out my last name after this much support. You know, I I, I still love the show, but I I, I just you hurt me. Well. Uh, you take a break from this, Rick, and maybe, maybe someday. Also, how about how about next week? Maybe no, I'll call no, next that, week. that might be too soon. Maybe. Why don't you when you get one that has a real punchline that works? Did I a, maybe I'm, did I miss a line? No, you didn't miss a line, oh, but your your punchlines fall flat. But I've Rick. always wanted to do this. I know. Shoot at your feet. No. 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 Okay. Yeah, thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, come on down to Harlingen, where will. we are having a Harlingen good time. All right. Thank you. Uh, we'll be back shortly. Commencing garage logic segment number eight. Cloudy and 34 degrees. This update brought to you by Mauer Buick GMC. Oh, you heard me. Thank you. Yeah, I was a little late bet. giving that to you. Sorry. The Baseball Hall of Fame's newest members held a press conference this morning. Jack Morris and Alan Trammell elected by the 16-person Modern Era Committee yesterday. Morris, of course, a St. Paul native. He spent a season with the Twins, pitching that 1-0-10 inning shutout when the Twins won Game 7 of the 1991 World Series. Uh, he told reporters today, 
Obviously, this is a very humbling point in my life. I'm very proud and honored to join some of my heroes here and a lot of other guys that aren't here. It's been a while. It's been a tremendous learning experience for me, something that I don't regret today. I want all the writers to know I'm not mad at any of you. I appreciate and understand how difficult it had to be. Except for Royce. I don't understand the modern era committee. How is the modern era committee different from the current uh, voting by the baseball writers? There are only 16 members to this committee, and you have to get 12 votes hmm. to be elected. And a I, lot of those guys are peers of these guys, like George Brett and exactly. Robin Yout and a lot of, yeah. Exactly. Wait a minute. There are players on the committee? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And a couple, I think Bobby Cox... Uh, the manager was on yeah. there, and some, there's somebody else I'm forgetting. I think I think Jack deserves it. I do too. Oh yeah, hey, winning his pitcher of the 1980s yeah. and an Iron Man in the world. How many World Championships? At least two. Because the twi- oh, no, well, three. Yeah, he had one with the Tigers, mm-hmm. the '91 Twins. Well, Didn't and then two with Toronto. Toronto. He's yeah. got four rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah he and he would be instrumental in each of those. Well, the second one in Toronto, I think he was injured. Well, that like three of the four then. Yeah. But well deserved, but well deserved, and long, yeah, and long yeah. overdue, I think, for Jack. How about that question? Would you, do you think a ball as a ball player, would you rather have a World Series ring or be in the Hall of Fame? If you had to pick one, I don't know. I, I, I wonder I, what it would mean more World Series ring if you contributed. I think Hall of Fame because I'd make more money. In well, is Ernie there. Banks, <laughs> Ernie Banks, is Ernie still with us? Nope, we lost Ernie. Well, a Ernie years would ago. have been the guy to ask because he's in the Hall of Fame but never won the World Series. Mm. No. And I believe he was quoted as saying he would have rather have won a World Series mm-hmm. ring. Was well, he the guy who said, let's play two? That's minutes. right, Mr. Mr. Cub. Yep. Mr. Cub. He, his new statue, by the way, outside the new refurbished Wrigleyville outside, mm-hmm. very, very cool. Well, Ernie Banks was a cool guy. Yeah. Gophers men's basketball team tries to get back on the winning track tonight. They're at home against Drake. Uh, news notes from today. Explosion this morning at the Port Authority bus terminal in Manhattan is, in the words of Police Commissioner James O'Neill, a terror-related incident. It happened on a walkway below ground near 42nd Street and 8th Avenue. The suspect is Akayad Ula. As far as motive, apparently recent Israeli actions in Gaza compelled Ula to carry out the attack. That, according to a law enforcement source, the suspect was upset in that source's words with the incursion into Gaza, according to the source, but he wouldn't elaborate on what incursion he may have been allu- allu- alluding to. Israel launched airstrikes this weekend against what it said were Hamas targets in Gaza. That came amid widespread protests over President Trump's moves to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Asked if the suspect claimed connection to ISIS, O'Neill told reporters he did make statements but refrained from disclosing what he said. Authorities say they are now conducting background checks on Ula. Governor Mark Dayton could announce a replacement for Democratic Senator Al Franken as early as tomorrow. Accusations of inappropriate... <laughs> Who still has not resigned. <laughs> Accusations of inappropriate sexual contact by eight different women led to Franken's resignation last week. He said he'll be stepping down in the coming weeks. Minnesota senior Senator Democrat Amy Klobuchar says she's confident the governor will choose a replacement wisely, but also stressed how important it is not to delay the decision. She offers nothing. Quite literally, she offers no insight into anything. It's very vanilla. Oh, God. She told reporters yesterday it's always easier in Washington to have two instead of one doing the work of two. Uh, she reminded reporters it's important to act quickly. She Just said, boilerplate BS. The woman has never uttered a meaningful sentence. She said, I think it's very important, having been the only one in modern history to have gone through this. Uh, that happened during the recount of the 2009 Norm Coleman-Franken election. 
Democratic Senator Kristen Gillibrand of New York said today President Trump should resign over allegations of sexual misconduct. She said the allegations are credible and numerous. If it does, if he does not immediately resign, she said Congress should have appropriate investigations of his behavior and hold him accountable. That comes on the same day three women who had come forward during the election held a press conference detailing what they said was unacceptable behavior from President Trump dating back to the 70s. Woman there calling for a congressional investigation to look into his actions at that time. 83-person bargaining unit representing custodial, grounds, and food service workers, as well as bus and van drivers in the Sartell School District, voted over the weekend to authorize a strike. The release from SEIU Minnesota said the members of Local 284 have been working under an expired contract since July 1st of 2016. No date's been set for an actual strike. Members would have to provide a 10-day notice. According to the release, the two sides are currently in mediation. Minneapolis ranks number 29 among the nation's 100 biggest cities when it comes to best places to celebrate New Year's Eve this year. Who cares? This comes from WalletHub.com. Rank the nation's What's in it for them? For, for WalletHub. When's the last night time you were out for uh, New Year's Eve? 30 years ago. Okay. You? Uh, it's uh, probably been 10. Last time I had to play New Year's uh, Eve. 2016, yep. Reeves? Okay. And 15 and yeah. 14 uh-huh. and 13 <laughs> <Yes>. and 12. <laughs> WalletHub.com ranked the nation's biggest 100 cities based on what it said were 25 key indicators. The number 29 ranking puts Minneapolis three spots below Omaha. Which ranked number what? 26. Wow, where's St. Paul? Did they <laughs> Saint, even make it? Yep, St. Paul came in at number 65. <laughs> two spots below Wichita at number wow. 63. You got to go to Wichita to have a better New Year's Eve than hey, St. Paul. Hey, we got an all-you-can-drink special. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the cattle run. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to have? A strip? Number one, of course, New York with New its York. famed sure. Times Square celebration. Uh, followed by Orlando, Atlanta, Los Angeles, San Francisco, San Diego, Chicago, Miami, Washington, D.C., and Las Vegas. That's the place the I would 10. not want to be on New Year's Eve. Where? New York. Oh, God, no. Too bi- too crowded. Yeah. Well, those people that are always at Times Square, I always think, what do you do when you got to go to the bathroom? Right. It takes you forever to get I got anywhere. The, I got the porta potties. I'll be right back. Right. Yeah. I'll be yeah. back at three. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Billy, where were you? We waited and waited and waited for you. And finally the ball dropped. <laughs> Social media speculation was sky high over the weekend after a line of flashing lights was seen across the Denver area. At first glance, a lot of saw a lot of people saw a convoy of flashing lights lined up in a straight formation and went right to UFOs. Probably a bunch of airplanes. Well, it was. According to a military spokesperson, it, it was a convoy sure. of C-17 aircraft. There you are. And since they are military aircraft, uh, they are designed to operate at very quiet tones. So people saw all these, uh, what they thought were spaceships flying by. Right. The no best were the uh, conspiracy theorists. This is Trump's America yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, calm down. <coughs> Dave Dahl coming up. Got it. Dave Dahl's forecast and garage logic brought to you by Robert W. Baird and Company. I saw you. Who's your postman? Thanks, bro. Oh, God. Appreciate you. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're down to 34 degrees, where our drop has begun with northwest winds making it feel like it's in the 20s. And the actual air temps dropping into the teens when you get up toward Fergus Falls and Alexandria. 
That's the air that's headed this way for overnight tonight, down to 11 above. Wind chills of 0 to 5 degrees below zero. Northwest winds 15 to 25 later on this afternoon through this evening. So it's going to be windy and colder. And then tomorrow, partly cloudy, a cold high of 22. Northwest winds will diminish to 5 to 10 miles per hour. Wednesday, some more light snow and flurries as some warmer air pushes this way again. Back in the upper 20s for highs on Wednesday and Thursday. That light snow and flurries will taper off Thursday afternoon. Mostly cloudy Friday and 32. Some more snow develops on Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. That could be a couple more inches of snow with 30s to start out the day on Saturday. Temperatures drop a little bit, but we stay in the lower 30s even on Sunday and Monday of next week. So a pretty mild stretch. The average high has now slipped into the upper 20s, so um, low 30s above average, obviously. 34 right now, Joe, and I have the records for the day. December 11. 56 on this day. 56. In 1913. In 1913. 14 below zero. 14 below. This was a cold, cold start to the winter. 1972. Oh, boy. 72 was a cold year. That was cold. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Boy, something stinks in here. What? Like oil or uh Really? Uh, yeah, a heating smell, but it's uh, it's it's You mean like uh, motor oil? Yeah, or? it's acrid though. It's acrid. Natural acrid. gas? No. I'm a I'm going to read something to you and then there's going to be a test. Oh. Just to see if your minds are sharp after having attended the University of Garage Logic even though you basically don't get very good grades either of you. No. And I'm gonna, there's going to be a line in here, Make a note. and I want you to tell me, when I'm done here, I want you to tell me, what's the best line in this story? Okay. I won't read the whole story. Um, have you ever kissed a mule's ass? <laughs> no, but I've always wanted to. Okay. That was Got the punchline? Got it, yeah. I, don't get, I don't get it. I did not follow that joke. A satanic monument commissioned for the Belle Plaine Veterans Memorial Park. Remember this contentious story? Mm-hmm. Never made it across state lines. Maybe it was in the uh, Annie Gaylor's 1959 Pontiac hearse. Mm-hmm. Never made it across state lines before the city reneged on an agreement allowing its display on public grounds. Mm. Are you paying attention? Yep. You're going to be yep. asked, what's the best yep. line? What's the best line in this story? Yep. The Satanic Temple had sought to install a memorial at a newly sanctioned free speech zone in the park as a counterpoint to a tribute depicting a soldier kneeling by a fallen comrade's grave Hmm. marked by a cross. See, because the Satans disapproved of that. The city approved the Satanic Temple Memorial, a black cube inscribed with inverted pentagrams and crowned by an upturned helmet, and agreed to help install it this summer. We thought all was well, huh? Right. It was to be the first Satanic monument erected on public property in the nation. But city leaders responding to dueling religious protests called off the installation. The Satanic Temple's attorney, Martin Flax, argues that the city's decision violated his client's First Amendment rights and constitutes a breach of contract. The nonprofit entity seeks 35 grand in damages, the cost of commissioning the piece. Quote, we're going to have a very difficult time finding another use for this said Temple co-founder and spokesman Doug Mesner. You already know the line, don't you? Yes, I do. He noted that artist Chris Andres made specific design accommodations to get the city's approval. Now it sits in storage. It's all at our loss. I'll stop right there. What's the best line? The one that you just uttered. We're going to have a. We're going to have a very <laughs> difficult time yeah, we're finding another. You, you mean people aren't 
hectoring and right. clamoring and demanding <laughs> that you install a satanic monument right. in the park? What are we doing with all our dudes? What are we going to do around, around with our devil's monument? I could see them like wheeling it around to different parties. Anybody want this? <laughs> I also think it's... I, that uh, is a great line. They don't even know their own irony. We're going to have a very difficult time finding another use for this. Oh, my God. That is brilliant. I do love the fact that... Is it the Satanic Foundation? Is yeah. that what she's called them? Nonprofit. Or is that the uh, name of the organization? The Satanic Temple. That's it. The sa- I'm shocked they have an attorney. Oh, God, yes. They got an attorney. <laughs> In a letter letter dated November 21, city attorney Robert Vos disputed any basis for a cash settlement. He argued that the city's permitting process is not contractual, and even so, the Satanic Temple had accepted the $100 refund of its permit application fee. Go on, go home, Satans. What, um, okay, so they're obviously soliciting money. What about, what do you think their mailer looks like? (laughs) You know, $75 will help a... A Satanist, you know, uh, argue for the day or maybe not. Uh, well, see, we thought this was all uh, settled. To diffuse the turmoil, the city council designated a small area in the park as a limited public forum open to 10 or fewer temporary memorials to veterans. By April, the cross was restored. But the Satanists looking uh, to memorialize non-religious service members you know, if you're getting a, if you're on a roadside IED, I bet you got religion real quick. <laughs> you know, right? I would hope you did. <laughs> uh, we're determined to join them. It would take three months to finish their approved marker. Uh, once we're and they spent thirty five grand, they 35K, had to find an artist. Right? Where, where are we going to put it now? Drop the plans. It's going to be a hard thing for us to place. Yes. What are we going to do with where it? We're going to put it. What are we going to do? It's not like Don Knotts. What are we going to do? Andy, what are we going to do? A goat full of dynamite. What are we going to do? <laughs> it would take three months to finish the, the approved marker. Once word spread that a satanic monument was actually coming to town, Catholic protesters gathered for a rosary rally hoping to block the plan. Days later, an exasperated city council rescinded the public forum, barring any religious symbols on the grounds, including the original cross. The satanic temple learned that it would no longer be able to erect its memorial two weeks after the city had agreed to help install it. I'm going to rule with the wisdom of Solomon here, right, and I'm hey, going to be very serious. Hang on, hang on. Let me just give you this then. Um, no, you're trying to find Don Knotts. It's no, not. this one. Oh, ruling, ruling with wisdom. Why don't the thank you? Why don't the <laughs> Satans? I'm being very serious yeah. here. Why don't the Satans find a satanic worshiping fallen service member? and go to his family or her family and ask that family if they would like this uh, monument and install it near the uh, soldier's uh, grave. I'm, be- I'm, be- I'm being very serious. Okay, so find someone that... Ass- find, find a fallen service member who practiced satanic worship. Probably there's got to be one somewhere. I, I would imagine. And ask the family if they would love this that's, uh, monument. That's a good idea. And then there you go. You got the fallen soldier. You got his over here. You got this guy was a Satan guy. He's got a nice uh, uh, an artist did this for him a pentagram, a pentagram upside down. Yeah, it's got the thing, and uh, you know it's a black cube, and uh, we're all good. It's... You know it's a nice deal. We're willing to cut you a deal on this because we have no other place to put it. It's on the two wheel dolly. They're rolling it around. <laughs> Where do we go? From town to town. 
We got one. Got we got a rampant. monument for you. Right, yeah. <laughs> or or why don't the Satan start their own park? Start a Satan park. Like a skate park? Yeah. Only Satan. Jumps. Only it's full of Satans. <laughs> uh, just a minute. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Hey, does your kid go to uh, the University of Massachusetts Amherst? Not mine. Well, if your kid's stressed, they're bringing in the Care Bears. No. Oh, yeah, that'll take care of it. What? Yeah, they're bringing in the Care Bears. What do the Care Bears do? It'll help help the kids. Uh, It'll, It'll help the kids. With uh, anxiety or social uh, issues, you can, yeah, you goof around. And, you know, care bears, you got the care bears, and uh, uh, it's it's to help the kid uh, remind us that they're supposed to eat healthy ah. and and sleep uh, and uh, and uh, the whole thing. So if your kid's at the University of Mass Amherst and hasn't figured it out yet, you're you're set. You got the care bears coming in. Your kid will be good. Come home for Christmas, all full of care bear happiness and laundry. They bring their laundry home. Fifteen hundred. ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's 35 degrees. Sports is coming up next.